hope you guys are having a good week. It seems like everybody's a little bit tired, maybe a test week, but it's a good thing that we're talking about rest, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. good timing. So I'm, I'm super honored, I just wanna say, before I um, just share my message tonight, that it's, it's super honoring for me to get to share with you guys, and one of my favorite things to do is to share with what God is teaching me because this is a very real thing that God has used to revolutionize my personal life. So, yeah, it's just, it's an honor and it's a privilege to get to share that with people who I really love and care about. So know that that's the place that this comes from tonight. Um, I'm also noticing the slight segregation. There's a lot of ladies on this side. A lot lot of ladies, wow. (laughs) Wow. So, it's a good place to find a spouse, Chi Alpha. Outpost, just saying. So we're finishing up. All right, I need to refocus. I shouldn't have said that. We're talking about resting. Um, <laughs> we, so we're finishing up our series on abiding tonight, which Nate has done a phenomenal job, right? Yeah. Really, really good job of expounding upon this concept of abiding. And so, you know, we've talked about abiding in community, And with Jesus, we've talked about abiding in work, in our everyday lives. We've talked about abiding with Jesus through our struggles. And tonight, we're going to wrap up by finishing with talking about abiding in rest. So I want you, if you are the person who just checked out when I said rest, because you're like, dude, I'm a college student at CSU, and rest is just like not a happening thing in my life right now, so you, you can like forget about it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here because it would be super rude to leave, but I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm gonna check out because rest is just like not a thing in my life right now. If that's you, then I want to ask you to tune in. I wanna ask you to have an open heart and an open mind and give the Lord like 30 minutes to change your mind, okay, because this is a very, it's so important, rest is so important, and it's such a healthy thing to have in your life. And if you don't learn it now, and if you don't build good habits now, it's gonna be harder later. You might think that when you graduate, it's gonna be easier, but it's not. It's not ever gonna get easier, it's only gonna get harder. So please, I'm asking, tune into this. (laughs) I feel like the Lord has spoken to me to speak to you, and just get out your pens and notebooks. I'm gonna be giving you guys some scripture tonight, and scripture is the truth. It is, it is life, and it's something that is gonna be able to set you free from worry and anxiety and all of the things that you struggle with, like God's word will set you free from that, so I want you to be able to write it down. You can write it down on your phone. I don't care how you get it down, but I want you to be able to go back on your own time and look at it later and be empowered by it. All right, so we're gonna actually start with what I think is a really funny video. Hopefully you guys think it's funny too, but we're gonna watch it and I'm excited. Let me know if I needed to like duck. Can we turn the AC up? I'm dying back here. It's on, can't you feel it? Can you feel that? (laughs) Jeff, eat a Snickers, please. Why? Every time you get hungry, you turn into a diva. Just system, cranky pants. Okay. Thank you. Better? Better. Will you get your knees out of the back of my seat? <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. Yeah. Woo. 
Okay, raise your, be honest, be honest with me because I can see all of you. <laughs> raise your hand if you have ever been hangry in your life. Yes, okay. See a couple of people maybe not being honest, but that's okay. Um, I could I could probably raise like both hands if I had them free because that's an every other day occurrence for me. Dylan can probably attest to that. Anyway, so my point my point in showing you guys that video is that I want to posit to you that in the same way that you're not you when you're hungry and Snickers supposedly satisfies, you're not. <laughs> Thanks, thank you for that confirmation. <laughs> but basically, you're not you when you don't rest. And Jesus is the only one who is going to satisfy your mental and emotional and physical and spiritual needs. Just, just period. <laughs> so tonight, we're going to talk about what biblical rest looks like. And I'm going to delve into some root issues that you might have if you're experiencing a really difficult time resting in the Lord. And just so that we're all kind of on the same page, when I'm talking about abiding in rest or resting in Jesus or resting with Jesus, specifically what I'm talking about tonight is that separated time that you set aside daily to spend with Jesus. That's kind of the the what of that's the what and the rest of this is kind of going to delve into the why. Why should you rest? Cool? We good? Awesome. All right, so we're going to start. We're going to go way back in time and history, back to creation and back to ancient Israel when they began to be not just a nation but God's people. So we're going to read Exodus 31 and I really like it because I feel like it just gets to the heart of why God wants us to rest. And it, you know, exposes things from, from creation. It's just, it's kind of a good little, little package. Uh, I just want to give a little context. So it's going to say a word called Sabbath. Some of you might be familiar with it. Maybe you have never heard of that term. But basically, in ancient Israel, God wanted to like propagate the kingdom of heaven through this nation. That was his goal. They were his chosen people to do that. And so here we find him giving them a command that they need to set aside a special day to rest. And the title for that special day was called Sabbath. So just, just so everyone kind of knows what that word is. So I'm going to read it. It'll be up on the screen. But Exodus 31, 12, 13, and 17. It's the meat of it. So when then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. So from the literal beginning of space and time as we know it, God has taken rest very seriously. He set aside a whole day as a precedent and as an example for us that we need to rest. Like if God needs to rest, we need to rest. That's is kind of, I think, his, his point in that it's healthy. When 
when I was preparing for this as well, kind of looking at verse 13 and talking about that it's a sign between us and the Lord that he's making us holy. I, I wanted to look up the word holy in the original language because it's a very general statement sometimes to just say the Lord is making me holy. Well, what does that mean? So I looked at it, and this is what to be holy um, in the original Hebrew means. It means to be set apart as sacred, to be honored or shown as majestic. And that's not talking about the Lord here. That's talking about you. That's how Jesus sees you. He sees you as honored and majestic and sacred. And he wants to continue to grow you into those things in your life, but you have to let him. That's what to be made holy means. And this is the level of value that God puts on us. And honestly, when I paused and internalized this, it brought me to tears. Because God is so good towards us, guys. He's so incredibly good towards us. And the reason that I'm even saying any of this is because we need to internalize that if we're going to even, if there's even a point in me going on tonight. You need to internalize and understand the fact that God's intentions and motivations are good toward you. And there's nothing that he's going to ask you to do that is not to your benefit. Nothing. It's all about loving you, and it's all about his relationship with you. That's the point in him asking you to do anything. Cool? We need to, we need to know that going moving forward. And the thing is that, you know, he made us. He's our creator. He knows what is healthy for us. He has every right to tell us what is healthy for us. It's like, it's like a product. Any sort of product will come with a manual, and it has in that manual the intentions of use for that product, and it will also have instructions on exactly how to use that product. And if the user doesn't follow those instructions, it will be to the ruin of that product or potentially to the harm of the user. Either way, not a good situation. Um, so you can put up uh, the picture, Nate. This is kind of a silly, cringy example, but oh, I know, I know, makes you cringe. You can take it down whenever you want to, but <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it's just water. It's just a fake picture. Be at peace. <laughs> no, but my my point in showing that is that it's the same with us. You know, we we are this this product that has been made. And if we don't treat our bodies and our souls the way that we were created, the way that God intended us to treat them, then we're going to break ourselves. We're going to poison ourselves. It's just the way it is. <laughs> and the thing is, there's not a person in here who hasn't broken themselves because we've all done something that was apart from God's will for us. You know, so... But praise the Lord that he, he's gracious and he can redeem anything. He can redeem anything in your life. And he shows us a new way. We just have to listen <laughs> and obey. Going back to what we read in Exodus 31, just to summarize kind of what God is saying, he's saying to you tonight, your resting in me is a sign that you trust, that I know it is best for you, that I am the Lord of your life, and that I will provide for you. I'm going to say it again. 
God is saying to you tonight through that verse that your resting in me is a sign that you trust that I know it is best for you, that I'm the Lord of your life and will provide for you. Guys, he wants us to be refreshed. Why, why is that difficult for us? Because if we admit it, it is. It's, it's hard for us to set aside time to rest. So we on the planet, if they just, you, you walk up to them and you're like, hey, do you want to be refreshed? They would say yes, because we all intuitively know that being refreshed is a lovely thing, right? So why? Why do we resist that so hard? From my personal experience, I can tell you, the, one of the number one root issues in not being able to rest is a trust issue. If you whittle it all the way down to all of the different, you know, get all the different things out of the way, it's going to be a trust issue. Poignantly, in his Sermon on the Mount, towards this issue. So we're going to read in Matthew 6, and we're going to start in verse 25. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by adding, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it? That's, that's for you guys tonight. That's not just something random from the Bible. That's for you tonight. And, you know, you might be like, Kaylee, I, I don't need clothes. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not worrying about that. That's not the point. He's saying that there are needs. The root issue is worrying about your needs being met. We all have needs. We all have needs in our lives that 100% need to be met in order for everything to function. For you guys, it probably revolves around class, food, finding a place to live, jobs, other obligations, things like that. And what God is saying to you tonight, he's saying, I see you. I see your needs, and I know your needs, and I'm asking you to trust me, to trust that I can take care of it, to trust my character, and to prove that you trust me by resting with me. That's what he's wanting to say to you tonight. And guys, if you can't do that, then there's an idol of busyness in your life. And somebody told me one time that the acronym BUSY stands for being under Satan's yoke. Ouch, right? Yeah. But think about how true it is. The enemy's goal is to distract you. His goal is to distract you from a thriving relationship with Jesus. So don't play into his hands 
by letting the cares of this world consume you. Don't do it. Write these down. I'm not kidding. First Peter 5, 6 and 7 say, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Next one, Psalm 55, 22 says, Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. These are promises to you from the Lord that you can swear by, you can live by these. The thing is, the kingdom of God works differently than the kingdom of this world. And the kingdom of God is always, always has a trump card. So you can live by these. Maybe, maybe your idol is less busyness and more control. And if your issue is control, and I'm just going to be honest with you, you're badly deceived. You're badly deceived if your issue is control. Because what's really happening is that if you're trying to control everything in your life and you're not giving it up to the Lord, fear and worry are controlling you. And you're not allowing the peace and the security of the Lord to flow through your life. Okay? It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because there's so little that we can actually control anyway. It's, it's an illusion. I can't control how fast this planet spins around the sun. I can't control you or you or you or anyone else. I can't control the world events. I can't control the weather. I can't control the way that society works. There's so little that we can actually control, but we have a benevolent, caring, all-powerful Father who is begging us, begging us to let him take the wheel. Okay, Eve, and I think about, they, they literally were in paradise when God was in control. And the second that they reached out and took, tried to take hold of their own life, their own destiny, the world fell apart. Brokenness and chaos entered, and we see the effects of that today. So I don't really think I need to like continue to explain which choice is better. I think that the consequences speak for themselves. When God is in control, it is paradise. And you can live that out now, by the way. You don't have to wait until you die and get to heaven to be in the kingdom of God. You can have that in your life right now. You have to choose it, though. You have to let go. You have to let go of that control. It's poison. And I want to tell you guys, I get it. I was a student. <laughs> I got a degree. I understand what it's like. And I, I don't know. I want to tell you a story. And it's, it's just an example. It's just one thing that has happened in my life out of many where God has proven his trustworthiness to me. That, that I can give over control to him. So when I was in college, I was committed to having stellar grades, and I was doing an internship, and I had a tutoring job on the side, and I was a leader with the outpost at my university, which any leader will tell you is quite an investment in and of itself. Side note, thank your small group leader. They put in a lot for you behind the scenes. 
You guys are awesome. So respect you guys, so love you guys. Anyway, so all of that, all of that was going on, and basically it came down to spending time with Jesus one day or doing this really big assignment that I had neglected or forgot about, I don't remember at this point, but it came down to I wasn't going to get to spend time with Jesus that day if I did that assignment, and there was a time limit because my assignment was due a little bit later that day, and maybe for the first time I chose to put Jesus first. I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you first, and I'm going to trust that when you say you're going to take care of it, you're going to take care of it. And so I spent my full time with the Lord. At that time, I had challenged myself, I think, to like an hour and a half or two hours because I just I wanted to get to know Jesus. And so I spent my full time that I had intended to spend with the Lord. And by the time that was done, I had 60 minutes to read a 20-page scholarly article, which some of you know the implications of that. Some of you don't. But essentially, that would have normally, in and of itself, taken me an hour or more to read through a 20-page scholarly article. I had to create 10 thought-provoking discussion questions. And I had to get dressed. And I had to make the walk across campus to get to my meeting that my, that my internship held. So I finished my time with Jesus, and I feel bad because I had, like, put my trust in the Lord, and then I was freaking out. <laughs> I was, like, in a fury reading this article and just trying to, like, understand every in and out of it, and I was writing down my questions, and I was just in such a furious blah that I... I didn't even dare to look at the clock because in the middle of it, I was like, there is no way. There's no, zero possibility of me being on time and finishing this well. It's just not going to happen. So I finally get through the article, get my questions done, and I'm like, okay, I got to look at the clock. Like, what is it? Like, what time is it? And I look up, and what I saw shocked me. I had just enough time, the perfect amount of time, to go get dressed and make it to my class. And I was kind of in awe because I realized that the Lord had bent time for me. He had done a miracle for me. And some of you may not believe that that's what happened, but I know that I had done the same assignment before and it took me two hours. Same exact assignment, just slightly different article. You know, the Lord, if you put him first, the point of this story, if you put Jesus first, he's going to honor it every time. Every single time he will honor it. Okay, have good time management also. <laughs> it's honoring to the Lord. I just side note, like don't live your life stupidly because you think the Lord is going to bail you out. Like be, you know, if it's an accident, that's okay, life happens, but like it's honoring to the Lord to have good time management. Schedule in your time with the Lord and schedule in time for everything else so that you don't have to do what I did. <laughs> but my point is that if you put Jesus first, he, he honors it and he has grace. All right, so we're going to talk about another, another root, root, root number two of why resting might be really difficult for you. The rest issue, number two, is a love issue. 
So we just talked about trust, having a trust issue. Now we're talking about a love issue. To be honest with you guys, I used to be a very legalistic person. I would spend time with God because it was my duty, because I thought that I had to. I would feel guilty if I didn't, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and if that's ringing a bell with you, you probably have a love issue. If you just can't find the passion in spending time with Jesus, you probably have a love issue. And when the Lord started to uproot this same issue out of me, this is one of the key verses that he brought me to. So we're going to read Revelation 2, 2 through 4. And this is Jesus talking to one of the early churches. He says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. That all sounds pretty good, right? Like, wow, good job, early church, whoever you are, you know? <laughs> then we look at verse 4. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. That is not a weak statement, friends. Repent and do the things you did at first. God, through and through, is relational. No question. No question about it. All he wants is your heart. All he wants is your love and your devotion. And if you are trying to offer up other things before that or other things beside that, the Lord is telling you tonight you are disjointed and you need to put things back into their proper place. If I dislocated my shoulder, I could, it, it's possible that I could leave it out and like go around and like do things and go throughout my life and be like, well, this sucks and it really hurts, but I'm just going to keep on going. Like, you know, it's possible. I could still probably move it unless my nerves broke, but nobody would do that. Nobody ever would do that. They'd be like, somebody pop this thing back in and I'm going to heal and I'm going to get back to life and live like a normal person. That's intuitive to us. Sometimes it doesn't feel as intuitive in our relationship with the Lord, but it should be. So you got to get your priorities in place or else you're just going to be living in pain and brokenness. Does that make sense? Okay. Good. Sorry, we got to turn this page. Mm. So if you, if you're like, man, that's me, I'm struggling with a love issue with the Lord, the very first thing that you need to do, and this one is not a suggestion, it's an absolute must, you have to take it to the Lord. You have to go before the Lord in humility and be like, Jesus, I need you to change me because I don't have the ability to love you the way that you deserve and I want to. Empower me. Change me inside and out. Show me how to love you and love like you. You have to do that. 
because I've tried it the other way. I've tried just cultivating things in myself and like trying to be better. It doesn't work and it sucks and don't do it. <laughs> bueno, yeah, just don't, please. Promise me that you won't. It's such a waste of time. You have to, and that's not just with this issue, by the way. That's with everything. That's with everything. You have to take it before the Lord, and you have to partner with the Lord, and he has to be the one to change you. He's the only one who can press that internal reset button inside of you. If you think that you can reach it, you can't. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually, because Jesus' way is way better. So just do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> oh, how to get that out. Thanks for bearing with me. The second thing, um, it is more a suggestion, but I think it's a good one. <laughs> so you should also do this. I would challenge you, because here with this issue, I'm assuming that you already have a walk with Jesus. So I want to challenge you to take some time and think about why you're even following Jesus in the first place. Why did you fall in love with him? What, what was it about him? What mercy, what love, what kindness, what answered prayers, what miracles, what thing, what, what was so enthralling about him that you made the decision to completely give your life to him? Because if you made that decision, there must have been something there must have been something. So you need to take some time and you need to not worry so much about attaining knowledge. You need to worry about your heart and where everything's pouring out of. I highly recommend doing that. You have to get... So kind of, I would admonish you, you need to spend daily time with Jesus. It's just that simple. You know, yesterday's breakfast did not work for me today. I had to go upstairs and I had to cook my eggs and my toast or else I was going to be hungry. It's the same spiritually. Jesus in the Bible calls himself the bread of life. And if you are not eating the bread of life, reading scripture, praying and hearing from the Lord, you are spiritually starving yourself. You're going to be hungry, and you're not you when you're hungry. Jesus can only satisfy your spiritual need in that area. So you just have to make the commitment to spend that time with him. He will honor it. You can't be afraid anymore. You can't. Stop it. <laughs> Stop being afraid. God has got you. Put what did it say in Matthew? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else is going to work itself out. Promise you. you I, like, I will die on that hill. I will live and die by that concept. I'm not always perfect at it. <laughs> I'm still growing. But we need to die on that hill. <laughs> we need to put Jesus first. He deserves it. By the way, it's not all about you. Look at what he did for you. He endured the worst torture ever invented so that he could be with you. He didn't have to do that. We could have all just been long gone. God chose to save us. 
He did not have to save us. It's not all about you. He deserves our worship and he deserves our praise and our hearts and everything that we can give him. So it'll never, ever be enough. Not in a negative way. Of course he loves it and he accepts it. That's why we get to spend eternity loving him. He deserves it. That's the main reason why you should do it. Because he's asking you. He's saying, this is what I need in a relationship. If Dylan came up to me and was like, hey, I really, I really feel like I need you to affirm me more. I'm not going to be like, eh, you're fine. You're fine. I've got a lot to do. I don't really want to think about you and ways to affirm you because that takes like time and effort and like me actually caring and I've got like stuff you know I have stuff to do I don't even think I need to say anything because your guys' reaction kind of proved my point that's not okay it's not an okay thing to do it's not okay to do to Jesus and we do it all the time and we need to stop and we need to say that we're sorry and we need to change our behavior Got my mom face. <laughs> Seriously. It's not all about us. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I want to ch challenge you guys, too. Because I care about you and because I have seen the health and benefit of it, you need to spend daily time with Jesus. But I, I would challenge you to find regular time, probably weekly or biweekly, to have extended time of rest. For example, staff every week, typically it's Monday. We take Mondays, and guess what? Everything else gets done in six days. It's amazing. It all is always fine, and it always gets done. Well, what needs to get done always gets done. The Lord... <laughs> <laughs> the Lord kind of works that way. What, what needs to get done gets done. It's not all of your, like, unrealistic goal preferences that get done. But I want to challenge you to that. And I know that as students, it, it literally might be impossible for you to give a whole day. But when I was a senior and was kind of figuring this out on my own, I started just doing Sunday afternoon slash evenings. I would go to church in the morning and then starting noon on Sundays, I wouldn't do anything that wasn't life-giving. So no homework, no, no. <laughs> Not life-giving. <laughs> Not allowed to do homework. <laughs> and I would just spend extravagant time with Jesus. I would do self-care. I would like shower. And it'd be so nice. I would shave my legs and like loche. You gotta loche. You gotta loche on your Sabbath. <laughs> I would just do, it's lotion, guys. I'm sorry. It's lotion. It's like cream that you like rub on your skin and it makes it nice. It makes it nice. It smells good. So good. You guys are going to be married one day. You got to know this. Jeez, come on. Come on. All right, we'll talk about that later. See me, talk to me after. Okay, reining it back in. Back here, back here. I didn't do anything that wasn't life-giving. 
and I spent extravagant time with Jesus. And guess what? My productivity level skyrocketed because you're not made to function on fumes, spiritually or physically. This is about physical too. Your body's a temple. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Your body's a temple and you gotta take care of it, okay? You're begrudgingly nodding at me. <laughs> take care of yourselves. I love you guys, I want you to be well. No more of this sickness and exhaustion. It doesn't have to be that way if you trust the Lord. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. Just giving you guys some time to respond. So the first, the first group of people I want to address, there might be people in here who you have never surrendered your life to the Lord in any capacity. You, you haven't walked with him and you haven't allowed him to make you new in any sense. If that's you, I'm just being honest with you because I care. You are never going to find true rest, true peace, true refreshment, none of it. You're never going to achieve that until you let God in. Like, that's just reality. It's just the way that you were made. And the thing is, the only thing that is standing in between you and perfect rest, the thing that you do have control over. Because if you keep if you keep fighting for that control, it's a losing battle. You can have peace right now. And all you have to do is just let go of the control. Okay, so if that's, if that's you, I'm going to have everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes. Because this is going to be a personal moment um, for someone. And this is a word from the Lord to you, whoever you are. It's in Matthew 28 or 11, 28 through 30, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're sitting in your chair right now and you're saying, I want to enter into the rest of Jesus for the first time, I wanna enter into the, that relationship with Jesus, I'm ready to just, even if it's scary, just let go, because I want that peace. If that's you, we're, we're all together just going to pray a prayer together, and it's not a formula. It's just, this is just a form, a form of guidance for somebody who might not even know what to say, all right? So we're all just going to pray this together out loud, and if this is for you, you just, just pray it from your heart, okay? All right. Jesus, I surrender my life. I believe that you are who you say you are. That you're the son of God. That you died on the cross for my sins. That the father raised you from the dead. That you are Lord of all things. I ask you to make me new. I give you all control, everything that I am. I hold nothing back. I trust you with my life. Thank you for your love and kindness. Amen.
if that was you, if that was for you, what you need to do is right after this is all over, you need to tell someone. You need to tell someone about your decision. Find your small group leader. Find a friend that you trust, and you need to tell them. Because what the enemy will do is that later he's going to be like, that was emotion. That was nothing. But it's not. It is spiritual. It is reality. It is life. And I'm speaking that over you. That is what, what just happened. And you need to tell someone about it so that they can come alongside you and be strength when you're not strong. So that they can speak truth over you. So that they can share their journey with Jesus for you and edify you. So do not leave this room without telling someone about the commitment that you've made. And also get ready because living life with Jesus is freaking awesome. (laughs) All right. Last thing I want to address... People who already have a walk with Jesus, but everything that we just talked about, the root issues, you're saying, I have one of those. That is an issue the Holy Spirit is revealing to me right now. Um, And worship team, you guys can start making your way back up. I just want to create some space for you to let go, to have a moment, but just between you and the Lord, we're not going to say another prayer together or anything. I just want you to have a couple minutes, just you and the Lord and worship band, if you could just kind of play. Awesome. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking, and I believe that you you know what it is that you need to surrender. And if you're confused about what you need to surrender, then this moment is for you to ask him. But I believe some of you already know what you need to, what you need to do and what you need to give up, and just spend some time with the Lord processing it and then same thing you need to tell somebody about it before you leave so that you can have accountability and so that people can help you through this okay all right so everybody this is this is quiet time with Jesus just gonna take take a couple minutes and then worship team after a couple minutes you can um, just start your set and then I'll pray us out Thank you.